Today on the Book Truck Chronicles, I get to introduce you to an absolutely delightful soul that I met while I worked at a big bookstore. Kara Annette was one of the first to hear about my Bookshop on Wheels idea, and she couldn't have been more encouraging. She is a student, a reader, and a vibrant young woman who will undoubtedly make a mark in the world with her special brand of awesome sauce. She reads an impressively diverse collection of titles, and I'm so glad that you will get a chance to meet her. Here's my convo with Kara. Kara, I'm so excited you're here to talk to me today. Well, thank you for having me. This is awesome. This is very exciting. <laughs> my total pleasure. <laughs> so I know you, but maybe mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you would describe your reading life? Oh, all right. Um, so I'm currently in my fourth year of university. Um, I'm studying history, and I do find that does bleed a quit. Uh, quite a bit into uh, what I read. I do read a lot of historical uh, books, both related to uh, what I'm studying and also just whatever interests me. I do also read a fair amount of historical fiction. Um, Yeah, I like to read a little bit of everything. I don't do a lot of sci-fi fantasy, but pretty much every other genre I'm open and willing to. Just whatever catches my attention, I guess. Oh, yes. I totally hear you there. Totally. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to try more sci-fi fantasy, mm-hmm. but sometimes I find that a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I And you know what? I know there's probably some really good ones out there. A lot of people say there's some really good ones out there, but I I don't know. It's just not different things for different people, right? <laughs> totally. And it feels like a risk, right? Yeah. Like if you're going to devote your reading time to something, yes. you really want to know that it's going to be good. Well, especially when you get to those really daunting 500 page ones and you're like okay this can't just be something I feel okay about you have to be devoted and you have to be enjoying it yes I totally hear you now you are also a published author yes yes Yes. tell me about that uh yeah so I took a creative writing course um back at a few years ago um in my second year of university they used to have requirements that which they've since gotten rid of that you had to take a certain amount of uh fine arts courses Um, So for my option, I picked creative writing and I had a really excellent professor. Uh, He is, I still, I'm still in contact with him. He was just amazing. And he really, one of his goals was to have at least one student get published in one of our magazines called Glass Buffalo. Um, And it is a local magazine. It is here in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the pieces I wrote, uh, looking back at the first draft, I don't know how he ever saw the promise in it, but I'm really glad he did. (laughs) Um, but he said, you have a lot here that's really good and really relevant. I wrote a bit about the Me Too exper- um, experience that was going on at the time because it was very relevant. Still is, but it was that's when it first sort of became a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wrote on my take on that and how it can, uh, I guess, more of a local Edmonton look at that. Um, and he told me to submit it. So I did. And I ended up getting the email that said they wanted me for the winter issue. And so that was really exciting to actually see my name and then my work in print and to have that I guess all over Edmonton is still just something it's hard to wrap my head around well and you're right to see your name in print it is a dream of so many readers yeah yeah. and you're so young and new to it to have Mm -hmm. had that accomplishment I'm so proud of you (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) I just love that I just, I'm so excited to know that, like, you've taken a love for words and mm-hmm. all the things you've read, and you applied them to a relevant current topic that other people could connect with. Yes. Ah, you're a rock star. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Making me blush. <laughs> I know you can't see it, but. <laughs> I can't even hear the blushing. <laughs> 
Now, you and I had talked previously mm-hmm. about books that have had a lasting impact on you. Yes. Can you tell us what some of those are? So I guess my number one pick would definitely be uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, The Great Gatsby. Um, yes. And I know that's kind of, some people say that's a cliche, but I don't know. Like, it was just, I was really young when I read it, actually. And this is so funny now and a little embarrassing, but I was so in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. And they're like, <laughs> he's going to be in this great Gatsby movie. And I'm like, I guess I should read this before it comes out then. <laughs> oh my and it... <laughs> So, like, I guess Leonardo DiCaprio changed my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I read this book, and I probably would have been in grade eight, and I was just amazed at what the like what you could do with what F. Scott Fitzgerald did with the words, just how beautiful it was and how you had this very deep story. And obviously a lot of it went over my head when I was reading it because um, I would have only been 12 or 13, I think, and I don't – I wouldn't have understood all the themes. But just the his prose is just gorgeous, and just the mm-hmm. story he told was – it was just so beautiful. And I think the only, I guess, problem with that now is every book I read, I kind of look for that same, same thing. And I'm, I just, I've been trying to find another Gatsby, I guess, in my life. Oh, <laughs> and I don't think- I, you know, I totally hear you because when I read that, I was in grade, I just want to say grade 10 mm-hmm. when I read it. And it was so epic for me too. Yes. I named my dog after it. Mm-hmm. I started, <laughs> now, you said you watched the DiCaprio movie and that really did it for you. Yes. Okay. So a little bit of our age gap here. <laughs> I, I actually really loved the original movie mm-hmm. with Robert Redford. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that was my take on it. Yeah. I totally hear you. That book just jumped right out at me and felt so real and it became what I wrote about and thought about Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah I told you yeah and you know even like just rereading it I try to reread it every few years or so and it it hasn't lost any of its luster it's still just this beautiful larger than life story and it's just just going back to it is just always it's always a pleasure you know because you always there's always something you miss and there's always something you find you discover for the first time and it's just it's just like a new experience reading it every time well, and that's why some classics are classics because they have stood the test of time. Yes. They're around for a reason. Mm-hmm. New readers are discovering them. And I love the fact that even though that book is not set in a modern day time, it is still something that people can read now and say, oh, that book really grabbed me. I loved it. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so what, what's another book that you would say had an impact on you? Um, another one was actually one you recommended to me, and it was The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth uh-huh. Stein. <laughs> that, and I remember, yeah, you recommended that one to me. Um, and it was, I, I don't know if anything could have prepared me for that book. Um, and I think part of it, the reason why it sticks with me so much is the when I was reading that book, um, my dog was unfortunately in an accident. And it was very, oh. yeah. Oh, that went, that took a really dark turn. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Sorry. It was, it was, it, um, yeah, he got unfortunately attacked by another dog. Um, and it, it was very uh, life or death for him. Um, he's okay now. He's, he's good. Oh. You can't tell he was ever involved in this. But I think, um, and I remember the night that we had to rush him off to the pet hospital um, was the night that that book was ready for me to be picked up at the library. And I, I kind of had this debate with myself. I was like, should I be reading this now? Like just with everything that's happening, is this going to send me over the edge? But I'm so glad (laughs) I read it. And I think the timing was just so perfect. And I know I was really hesitant at first, but uh, just (laughs) such a beautiful book. And that was just the perfect timing. Some books just do come into your life at the right time. Mm -hmm. don't they? 
Yes. Like even though a story can be great, if you read it at any other season of your reading life, it might not have the same impact. No. No. And yeah, that's that's awesome. And I almost Well, I'm sorry about your dog, but I'm so glad you found a great book. Yeah, and you know, and I think that was it was almost like a sign that it got to me on that day and I was like, No, everything will be okay. And he ended up being okay, so that was what mattered. And now I have a I guess a greater appreciation for him because now I'm always wondering, like, how do my actions impact you and Mm-hmm. what are you thinking and you know <laughs> do you want to be a race car driver you know <laughs> probably not <laughs> and do you ever wonder what his voice would sound like yes. if he talked yes <laughs> so what actor do you think would be your voice your dog's voice oh you know what I actually had a conversation with this about with my dad a while ago <laughs> and it's very we all have different opinions but currently, because he's a little Westy, so I'm thinking probably has to be someone Scottish. <laughs> and the first person that came to my mind, and I, oh, I don't know why, but I was like the leading man from Outlander. That would be Finley. Oh my goodness! Women right now who are hearing that, their mind just went somewhere else. Yeah. You know that they're going to be asking for Westies next because yes, yes. <laughs> if that could possibly be Jamie speaking to them in a yes. sort of cute. <laughs> Oh my gosh. They would ask him to read everything out loud. Just say this again. Just say it again. (laughs) And you know, it's really funny because right now my little Finley here has a little tartan uh, bandana on. So he really looks the part right now. And (laughs) you have done a fantastic commercial for Westies right now. There we go. Yes. That is fantastic. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Westie population is about to just shoot up. (laughs) And Outlander does it again. Oh my gosh. Kara, what's your third book? So my third book is, uh, I had to throw a bit of a wild card in there. um, And it is called From Here to Eternity, Searching the World for the Good Death by Caitlin Doty. And it's a nonfiction pick. um, And it's about, it's written from the, um, by this, uh, she's a mortician. She actually has a really popular YouTube channel. um, It's called Ask a Mortician. And she wrote about, uh, she, she traveled around the world and she was investigating different death practices, which uh, this is not a book for everyone. Not everyone wants to read about that, but I found it very eye-opening just to see how many, like what different cultures view death as and how they sort of treat it um, and what sort of rituals are a part of that. And I just found it a very, very eye-opening read. Um, there was a, it, it taught me a lot of things I wouldn't have considered. And it, it, it kind of makes you call into question a lot of what we do here in terms of funerals and it, I don't know. I just found it to be a very good read. I think it's one, um, if someone, I mean, obviously not everyone um, has the stomach for that sort of things, which is understandable. (laughs) But if that's something that doesn't bother you, I think that's something everyone should read because it just made me, I don't know, because that is something that happens to all of us. And I think it's important to discuss it as well. Yeah. That sounds so interesting. I've never heard of that one before. I don't even remember why I picked that up, to be honest. It has a really beautiful cover, so maybe that's why. And I don't know. It was just such a beautiful read. And, and the way she writes about it is so, it's so open and so, um, it's just easy for everyone to understand. It's not, she doesn't throw in jargon or anything like that. And it's very, it's almost as if she's holding your hand as she walks you through this, um, what we do here in North America and then what other countries do and what sort of options are available to us and how we can improve. Um, especially I think that's such a big issue right now, just in terms with climate change being such an issue and how we can be more green. Like she does discuss more um, environmentally friendly ways to 
for funerals and what to do with bodies and things like that. So it's very, it was very interesting. And it's, yeah, it was very beautiful read. Surprisingly, that would actually, if you were to read that in a group study or something, wouldn't that just raise so many good conversations? I think so. I really think so. And I know a lot of people are uncomfortable thinking about that, which is totally fair. But I also think it's a good one for people to read just because I think when death does happen, it's so sudden and there's so much. Well, in some cases, it's sudden anyways, but there's so much you have to plan for and funerals aren't cheap. And, you know, if you don't have anything to go off of, it's I think that just makes it even tougher. Mm -hmm. So it's I, I think that that would be a good way to start that conversation with people and like your loved ones and be like, so when this does happen, what do you want? Like what here are some options you can consider as well. Huh. Well, that's, have you ever heard of the book Stiff by Mary Roach? Yes, I have. I haven't read it though. It's also a very curious read. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of what you're talking about, but you're talking about the practices and the traditions Mm -hmm. and the way we view death, I think, which is so good because this book actually Stiff talks about the human body. Oh, when it comes to death. Yeah. So it talks about like what happens to your body after you die Mm -hmm. in terms of donating your body to science Mm -hmm. or whether it's a crash test dummy or all the different (laughs) things. People have different ideas about what occurs to your human body. And it was a very interesting read as well. I feel like that would be very interesting. And I feel like they'd probably complement each other, I think, as well. Yeah. Well, now that I've read that one, I really am intrigued by by your book mm-hmm. because that one was a science book, which normally I wouldn't pick up. Yeah. But because you're right, that is something we're all going to experience mm-hmm. anyway. We can't really avoid that. And I think that's something we don't talk about well. No, and I think we do need to kind of open up the conversation on that as well, just because it's not, we can't avoid that and it is going to happen. So it's, you might as well, I guess, know what you want to do and be aware of what what, what could happen, what will happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check okay, that well, out I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a link to your book as well in the show notes because I think people will probably want to get that one quickly. Oh, yes. Fight over it. <laughs> whatever. She has some other really good ones as well, but that one I I don't know, that was the first one of hers that I read and it just it still sticks with me. I still think about that one a lot. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thank you for telling me about that. That's really cool. Oh, no. Thank you for your recommendation. Now I have another one to read. <laughs> What would you say, who has helped inspire your love of books? I think it would be my grandma. Um, when we were growing up, she lived right across the street from the Millwoods Town Center Mall. And that was like when the library used to be in there. It was so easy. Mm-hmm. Like we would just literally cross the street and we would be at the mall. And I remember always going to grandma's and just getting as many books as we could with our library cards. <laughs> and my mom would always be like, how are you going to read all these? And now we have so many we need to keep track of, which, you know what, that's a valid concern. That's true. <laughs> that's she, a mom question. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, my grandma's always like, hey, yeah, you know what, take all the books, as many as you can carry, here's some bags. Um, so I think that was very, um, very important for me growing up. And that really nurtured that love of reading, I think, because I was just encouraged just to grab whatever and whatever caught my eye. And I think I probably would have got through some of them. I don't know about all of them. I can't remember that far back. (laughs) I just know there was always a lot. And I think the limit at the time was 12. So we'd always, me and my sister would take 12 each. So a lot of books to get through. (laughs) Well, and sometimes just having them and then sorting them out at home Mm -hmm. and deciding at that point what you want to read. Yes. That's a fun practice. It is. And it's just, I don't know, having all those choices and just knowing that they're all yours for, I can't remember how long, like three weeks, I guess it would have been, but just knowing you had so many options to pick from and that there's all these different stories in there. Like it's, it was, I don't, oh, I think yeah. it just blew my mind as a kid. 
still kind of does now, but it, it totally does. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. It's like a cornucopia of options. Yeah, and they're all just laid out for your reading love. Like, mm-hmm. It's just oh, there's nothing greater than that. No, no, and just having all those choices is just like how how do you ever pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it's funny you say about your grandma. My grandma was actually the one who inspired a lot of my adult reading life, too, because she didn't put any barriers on what we could read Mm -hmm. either. And she loved to read Harlequins and romances (laughs) and stuff. And she did. She said reading is reading. So I read a lot of probably age inappropriate things. And but I didn't know they were age inappropriate. I just skipped over the stuff I didn't understand. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's true. Like if you are given so many options, the desire to just dive in is really hard to hold back. Well, I think especially too, especially when the covers are so beautiful, you're right. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta pick this up just because it looks gorgeous. And then you read it and it actually is a really good story as well, or it's very interesting concepts. And I think a lot of them, a lot of books, even if you don't necessarily like them, I think what, what is so great is a lot of them, they at least allow you to think of new things or it gives you new perspectives. Yes. And you know, back then when we were kids, you didn't have to, you, did, you couldn't go online or Instagram or something or hear about the New York Times bestseller. You really did make these mm-hmm. emotional, guttural decisions about books based on how they looked. Yes. And and that, I still do that. Well, and there's some too, and it's like you pick some up and they just, I don't know, something about it intrigues you and it ends up being amazing. And you kind of wonder, why is this not considered a bestseller, right? And because yeah. some of the bestsellers on that, on these lists, you know, it's very... It doesn't appeal to everyone. We'll put it that way. Oh, so agree. And I think I can't trust them all because I've no. heard so many things about them mm-hmm. that I think, I don't know how that got on that list. Yeah. That is so not for me. And I don't know what people are talking about. Why do they love this book? <laughs> well, that's exactly yeah. it. Or sometimes it's just like this. There's no way this is going to interest me. I'm not going to spend my time reading this because life's too short to be reading long books that don't interest you at all. So it's... I don't know. Yes. It's preach it. Yes. And you know what? I find a lot of those ones that you do kind of pick up just out of nowhere end up being the ones that really stick with you and end up being so good. I totally agree. And what was the last book that you told a friend that they absolutely must read? Uh, this is uh, actually, I just finished one on New Year's Eve, uh, Rilla of Ingleside. And I know we talked about this before, uh, but one of my other friends, one of my best friends, she's very, um, she loves the Anne series and she hasn't read this one yet. So I said, have to read this one. Because I think she'll really, I think she'll love it. Because it was, I don't know, for me reading that one, it was such a return to the original Anne book, in my opinion. It just, there was just so much in there that was so beautiful. And it was, it was so interesting for me as well, just because there was so much focus on women in Canada during the First World War. And just, because I find a lot of stuff we hear about, um, the World War is always focused on men. And women Mm -hmm. did a lot of things as well. And I mean, we do hear about nurses, but this was just what was uh, what was going on at home. What were women still doing while they were at home to help the war effort? Um, and I, it's, it was such a beautiful book. And I, I don't know, I'm really glad I read it. And I think everyone should read it. But <laughs> if they're into <laughs> well, that, I guess. <laughs> well, how could they not be? I mean, come on, we're Canadian. We yes. Anne Green <laughs> and I think a lot of people think that Anne Green Gables is one book deal. Like if I've read that, I'm mm-hmm. good. But once you read the whole series and you get a much broader view of what Lucy Maud Montgomery was talking about mm-hmm. and, and how the story reflected her own life as she was writing all these different books. Yes. It's, it's just such a beautiful tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Okay, well, you know my love for Lucy Mom. <laughs> yes. It's it's a real deal. 
it's a real just, deal. Her her writing was just so wonder. And the thing about a lot of it too is it it is very modern at the same time. Like I'm that, mm-hmm. you know, you read some of the older books and the language is very outdated, and you're like, I don't understand any of this. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I like Anne just somehow it's still there's still so much in there that just really appeals to a modern readers. I think. I totally agree. Have you read any other books of hers that were not Anne books? Not yet. It's on okay. my list. <laughs> well, I have a recommendation for you then. Okay, I'm ready. There's there's a book by Lucy Maud that's a standalone book, mm-hmm. and it's called Kilmeny of the Orchard. Oh, okay. It is a book about a girl in a family who is a little bit out of sorts, doesn't mm-hmm. quite fit in. Everybody's thinking about, well, we have to marry all the girls off. It's mm-hmm. that kind of a time. <laughs> yep. And you know how we love that, the pressure to get married. <laughs> like, thank you, as if we don't have it enough. Um, and and it's just this beautiful tale of who you really are and being okay with that and then what you present to the world and will people respond to it. It's, it's delicate and it's heartbreaking and it's bittersweet. And it's a book that I had given to my teenage mm-hmm. daughter thinking oh here you might love this she read it it's one of her favorite books of all time oh my god so yeah i i would highly recommend that if you like lucy Bob montgomery yes i'm sold okay. <laughs> <laughs> i don't care i so love talking to you oh thank you so much for giving me this opportunity it was this was really nice and really fun it's my pleasure and i will see you around very soon yes yes thank okay. you brandy And now it's time for the business bar, where we pull up and we talk about all things book truck business. We pair it with a little bit of drink and we answer a question that you might have about what it is like to run a book truck. So today's question is about branding. Now, branding seems to be a hot button sort of marketing topic that you hear a lot about, but not everybody is actually clear on what that means. So I'm going to talk a little bit today about branding, how you know you have it, what to do with it, and how to make sure that you are getting the clear, right message across to your people so that they are able to talk about your business on your behalf. All right, so so first things first. Today's business bar beverage pairing is a glass of wine. I'm having an Oyster Bay Rosé and it is lovely. It is just sharp and fresh enough to be exactly what I need when I'm talking with something sharp and fresh, which is branding. See what I did there? See a little segue? Yep, that was me. So branding is offering a clear message about what you do directed to who you serve. Did you get that? It is not complicated. It is not overwhelming. It is something concise. And it also can't occur accidentally. It must be intentional because it dictates your follow through. So people should never wonder what you offer in your business, whatever that is. If they look at your name and your logo and your display or your website, they should know very clearly what it is you do and whether or not they want to support you. A clear brief message that somebody can get from your business that they can then duplicate by talking to somebody else about you. You guys, that's what you want. You want people who are going to talk about your business on your behalf. Word of mouth is awesome. It is it is the original social media. Can I can I get an amen? So if you think about the old ad, I think it was for hair conditioner or something. Remember in 
you said, oh, she tells two friends and then she tells two friends and then she, okay, that's what you want. If they don't know what you do, they're not telling anybody. So make it very clear. You know, what's a really good thing too, is have somebody look at your social media and ask them, what do you think my business is about? What questions do you have about how I word it, how I express it, the clarity of my message, how I talk about who I am in my business? Ask them all these questions, get some fresh eyes on it, and do not ask your parents or your best friend or your spouse. Ask somebody who will be totally honest with you. Not that these people will not be honest with you, but they really want to please you. So they might say what you want to hear. I mean, you know, maybe they won't, but, but ask somebody who can be objective. That is exactly what you need. A little, you know, devil on your shoulder. That's the kind of person you want to give you some advice about this and ask him to be really, really honest. So for example, in my business, from the very beginning, I knew that I wanted a clear brand. I want it to be a daisy image. I want my logo to be fresh. I want the colors to be black, white, and yellow with a little bit of gray, but mostly black, white, and yellow. Those are high contrast, they're high impact, they're hard to ignore, and they're easily recognizable. Now, I have a big daisy on my truck, so if you go to my social media, you can see a lot of photos of the book truck. I didn't know what would happen, because a daisy and a book, they don't really go together. But when I call it the Daisy Chain Book Company, all of a sudden, that is aligned with books. You know the interesting thing? People send me DMs and photos, uh, emails of pictures of daisies they found, jewelry, bookmarks that have daisies on them, uh, all sorts of things like that. Why? Because they are aligning daisies with my company. That is awesome. I'm also getting people who send me pictures of other bookmobiles in the world, uh, mobile bookshops, traveling bookshops, <laughs> a little book cart attached to a horse. Like, yes, that's all of it. They're sending me these. Why? Because they know what I do. And they're sending me something that says, this is what I think of when I see you. Yes, you guys, this is what you're looking for. When I'm in my truck, the shelves are yellow, my floor is black and white, all of my marketing information is all of those colors. So what colors do you think I wear when I go to work? Right. I wear black and white and a lot of yellow because I want to reflect my brand everywhere I go. I was at an event in Spruce Grove last year and a woman came over and she said, I have to tell you, I have seen you every week and I was a marketing student. I have a degree. I'm amazed at what you do. It is very clear which of all of these businesses you belong with. And there is no doubt that you are very consistent. She goes, I just have to give you props because everybody else I see doesn't do that. You guys, it's not a hard thing. It's really, really simple. If I want to reflect my company, my uniform and my presentation has to look the same. This is not complicated. My uniform is not necessarily shirts with logos on them or anything. It's just colors. Colors are high impact. So if you can align what you do with the colors you wear, don't make it complicated. They should be able to look at you quickly and go, oh, you look like you go with that truck. Yes. They shouldn't have to read your shirt or scan their eyes across your chest, which is awkward, but then they know where you go. So that's part of branding is your presentation. 
The other part of branding is your logo, your company name, your display in your workspace. These should also be instantly recognizable. So think about McDonald's, Starbucks, Apple. They have figured it out. They don't even need words, you guys. Just a symbol and a consistent color to advertise their company. That's so smart. They have taught us so well what to expect every time. Now, what does an Apple have to do with technology? I don't exactly know the answer to that. But I know when I see Apple, I know I'm going to get some technology devices that are going to work for me. That's pretty awesome. So what does your content and marketing say about what you offer? Is it clear? Is it simple? Is it relatable? And is it actually targeted directly to the people that you are hoping to reach? You're not going to be for everybody, right? So even though I have books in my truck from baby books all the way up to large print and all the genres in between, that doesn't mean that my book truck experience is going to be for every reader. It's not. I'm, I'm fine with that. If this is not how you want to get your books, there's other places. Please support an independent bookstore. Go get them. But this is it. This is all it's about is finding out what you can do over and over and over again to reach the people that you really want to reach in the way that only you can reach them. That is branding. Hey. So if you can think about what it is in your business that you can duplicate over and over and over that reflects what it is you want people to walk away with and then anticipate next time they see you do that. Now, this will be different for all of your businesses. There's so many different kinds out there. You guys are so creative and innovative. There's some really, really great ideas I'm hearing about. But find out what it is you do, ask the hard questions, and then just do it over and over and over. Eventually, you won't have to answer questions nearly as often because People will know based on how you present yourself, how you talk about your company, and what it is that you are doing on a regular basis, they will know what you're all about, and they will know what they can count on. So that that's a really, really big deal. Another part of branding is something that Donald Miller talks about, which is your personal story. Now, I've mentioned Donald Miller and his building a story brand in a previous podcast episode. I cannot just show the book truck and books and the book truck and books and over and over and over because you know what that's boring right bah, you've seen it it's not interesting anymore but if I can tell a little bit about me Brandy the bookseller why I do this why I love it and how I interact with this company in a very unique way tell a little story about my life, um, give some backstory, tell about the books that I love, some encounters that I'm having with people, and just make it personal. That's great. But this is where the fine line comes in. I cannot ever be guilty of oversharing, right? Because my book truck is my business, but it is not my life. So there are some parts of my personal life that I will keep to myself. You will not see it on social media. There's a lot of things that are not going to benefit my company, so they do not necessarily get to be on the podium of social media. It is not part of my brand to have too much brandy. <laughs> Did you see that? that? was funny. Oh, that was pretty good. Um, so nobody can do what I do, which is why, and I mentioned this last time, if nobody can do what you do, then do it your way excellent every time. 
People will come to look for it. They will support you more than your business. You are not a nameless, faceless, anonymous company. You are a person behind a brand that offers a service or a product to a specific audience. Who you are in that equation does matter, but this is not the Brandy show. This is the book truck show. So whereas you might hear my voice and you might every now and then see my face and see pictures of my dog, Mr. Benson, and you might hear little bits of things, you're not going to hear my whole life story because that does not benefit my business. I think this is where a lot of companies get confused. You can look at their social media feeds sometimes and think, huh, okay, so I've heard a lot about their company, but who is this person? That means they haven't shared enough. You can also look at them and go, oh, okay, I'm seeing what they're eating and where they're going. What is it they do exactly? Okay, then that means you have overshared. It's a fine line. There again, if you don't know where this is or it's a little foggy for you because you're sort of new with all of this, ask somebody else to look at your information in your feeds and say, what do you think about this? Should I leave this in? Should I not leave this in? Is this too much? Do you want to know more? These are really important questions. You should be asking questions all the way along because there is so much to learn about branding. And this social media is great. And for now, it is a free resource. It's the free marketing tool that we have, which is why this is an incredible time to build a business. Your personal life is part of your branding story. It is not the whole story and it doesn't have to be a secret. Finding that perfect balance really will help your branding because it will be personal. People will connect with people. We're so desperate for that connection. Podcasts are like the old time radio shows, hearing a voice in your ear, in your car, talking to you. I mean, that's there's a human connection there. And we need to make sure that we are taking every opportunity to brand ourselves in a way that is impactful, it is relevant, and it is valuable to the people we are trying to reach. So if you have any more questions about branding, there's a really, really great podcast that I would suggest. Now this is Amy Porterfield's Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I will put a link to that in my show notes. She is very, very good at helping you find your ideal customer, balancing your content so that you are putting out a solid brand. And if you can partner that with the Donald Miller building a story brand idea, where he's creating a very crisp, concise, instant, repeatable message for your brand, you guys, you will be on track. You will be somebody that people look to and say, wow, how is it that you do that so easily all the time? Now, you and I both know it is not always that easy. It takes a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. The things we put out, that's not our first try. We have got so many fails in the box behind us that nobody sees. What they see is all the stuff that you put out there is flashy and it looks flawless. Do you know how much time it takes to look flashy and flawless? It's ridiculous. So give yourself a break. Some days you're going to nail it and some days you're not. But either way, keep plugging away at it. Learn how to do it better. Learn how to be more effective. Connect with your people in a way that only you can do it because that is what you're supposed to be doing. This is a privilege to do uh, a book truck business, to put information out there, to create content that I publish on Instagram every single day. Now, 
I'm going to do another post about social media another day because I get an awful lot of questions about the things that I put out on con for content. Okay, so I'm going to give you some homework. I would love it if you would go through Instagram and just look through a whole bunch of different sites, not necessarily related to what you do, but definitely look at some that are doing something similar to what you're doing. As you're looking through all of these sites, take note of how they're presenting themselves, the words they're using, the colors, the graphics, the fonts, the logos they're using, what it is they're trying to connect with. And when you walk away from their Instagram page, do you or do you not have a very clear idea of what they're all about and what they can offer you? If you can repeat what they're all about to somebody else, then they have done their job right. This is something really, really helpful, you guys. So that's your homework. Go through a bunch of other Instagram sites, make note of what they do, the positives and the negatives, and see if you can duplicate the positives. Because remember, book truck life is not just about books. It is also a business. It's a social media business and it is an in-person business. So no matter what it is that you put your hand to, shine a light. Shine a light of humor, of kindness, and compassion in everything you post. Be relevant. Be generous. Be unforgettable. Today's chapter of the Book Truck Chronicles is brought to you by people who speak at full volume while on the phone in a lineup. Thank you. We were wondering how Buford got that rash. my word. You see what happens when I pair wine with a business bar? Oh my word. <laughs> you gotta have fun with this, you guys. You just do. <laughs> Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Happy reading.